This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves Chelsea away, especially when it's on your doorstep. Uh, there's always been something special about following Chelsea away, in many respects, even better than being at home. But Southampton away nearly always tops the lot. Uh, perhaps it's because we nearly always beat them. Perhaps it's because it's just down the road. Literally, in my case, uh, perhaps it's because you're guaranteed to meet all the usual and the unusual suspects in the pubs before. Or perhaps it's because the vocal support is always superb, a fact that Southampton fans always remark on. Yesterday was no exception, and it was a top day out, which my current suffering can attest to. Yes, I'm afraid your Uncle Chidge is nursing the mother of all hangovers today, uh, largely due to the vast amounts of Guinness I drank yesterday, but it was well worth it. So I hope I managed to last the course tonight. Anyway, as for the football, Super Frankie's Blue and White Army, Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, Callum hudson Doy et al. go marching on with their fourth win in four games, unlike Southampton fans who were all marching out with 10 minutes to go, serenaded by the Chelsea away fans as they did so, and how fun was that? Right, the title of the show tonight is the Chelsea Fancast number 475, oh, When the Saints Go Marching Out. It couldn't really be anything else, could it really? And uh, on the show tonight, we have the delicious Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Yes! There we go. That. Well I done. Was, um, I was uh, noisily um, sucking a protein drink, and I thought you would have gone, who's making that noise? So yeah. I thought... I. I'd turn myself off. Um, Chid, you've never called me delicious before. I think that's really lovely of you. Thank it's you the much. it's the scale of how uh, happy I am after yesterday, but perhaps also uh, how vulnerable I am, it being that I am this hungover 
it, it may never happen again, but uh, okay. enjoy it good. while it lasts. Right, I'll, uh, I'll try and ply you with Guinness from now good. on. Good, always a good plot. That's what people were doing yesterday, funny enough. Well, I did get a few big rounds in, it had to be said. Um, now, uh, we are what I like to call mob-handed tonight in a thoroughly good way. We've got our old mucker uh, in the house. Actually, somebody that um, I was fully expecting to see yesterday, but very sadly didn't, the lovely Dan Silver. Yeah, the flu, the goddamn flu that beat me. So, absolutely gutted. First away game of the season, you wake up at 7am with the flu. But, fortunately, some mummy's chicken soup and the TV made me feel a little better. Good. And you're, you're fighting fit tonight. I am indeed. Great stuff. Now, uh, the fourth member of the quartet is uh, is uh, kind of our new recruit, really. He is the Mason Mount or the Callum Hudson-Odoi of the Chelsea fan cast. He is, of course, the lovely Dean Mears. Dean, how are you, mate? Evening, cheers, evening, guys. Good yeah. to be back. Good to have you back, mate. Lovely. Sorry, we missed you on the Love Sports Show the other week, mate. Yeah, no, um, stuck away. So never mind. We'll get you back on. Don't you worry about that. So right, let's get on with the the show tonight, uh, where we pat William on and the old guard on the back for putting it in and proving that you need experience to go with talented youth. Uh, in part two, we applaud Tammy Abraham, the league's top goal scorer, and Mason Mount for his vital contributions. But with everything going so well, we ask, has the international break come at a bad time for Chelsea's momentum? We'll also be introducing our new promotion. I feel a drum roll coming on for this. This is going to be fun. Uh, it's called Who Knows Wins. Uh, and it's where you can have a little bet with us on the football. Uh, Thank you. Better late than never. Uh, anyway, who knows wins where you can have a bet on the football with us in our own kind of Chelsea fancast prediction league. So I kind of I'll tell you all later. It's great fun, uh, and we can win money. It's like it's pool betting. It's not like odds betting. So what, if if you have a hundred people putting a fiver in, it's five hundred quid, and the winner takes seventy percent of that. So you could win some money. So there you go. Uh, in part three, we read out this week's emails. Lots of them, of course, as always, delightfully. And in part four, we're going to have a quick look back at last Wednesday night's. Champions League match against Lille, where Chelsea's youngsters, in my opinion, came of age. Uh, now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Farcast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do, loads of you in the house already. Lovely to see you. Just a quick rundown of who I can see very quickly. If she don't come, uh, Benji Toe, John Paul Guevara, Jeffrey Asselstein... Uh, uh, Monyaki oh Ben Shorts we've got an email from Ben so do do hang around Ben because you'll hear it Uh, Praj Jackaranda Chick I haven't seen Jackaranda Chick for a while Adam Finnegan English Dan MHL Pete Aussie Sign My Broken Leg Oh, so many. Uh, Alexander Duff, Sean B, Claire McConnell, Nobby Steelers, Dan Francisco, and many, many, many more besides. It's it's great fun, actually. They all get in there on a Monday. There's a a chat page where you can make all sorts of comments. Excuse me. There's a chat page where you can make all sorts of comments and... uh, just basically get involved with the show. It's, it's the, for us, it's actually the most fun part of it. So there you go. Uh, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast anytime you like during the show, whenever you want. Uh, tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. And after this very short interlude, we will be back to talk about Southampton versus Chelsea.
Right, there is, um, there is indubitably, I have to say, people, there is indubitably something about Southampton away. And, and I know it's easy for me to say, because I grew up down here, got a lot of mates who are Southampton fans, so it's, it's like pissing on your own strawberry patch, which I quite enjoy. Um, and it's very easy for me to get to, obviously. Uh, so for me, it has it has uh, you know massive attractions, as I as I as I said. But you know, I think there are plenty of other reasons because it's not just me. This is why I bring this up. It's not just me. Every all Chelsea fans love Southampton away. I, I think it is a home from home. Our support there is always superb. Uh, personally, it was just great to meet up with so many fantastic friends. I mean, if I could do a roll call, it would take me half the night. But special mentions need to go to the lovely Ange. Uh, who uh, got me got me the ticket actually? It was brilliant of her. She was really sweet. Got me a ticket. Had a, a nice drink up with her before. Tim Rolls, Dean Clay, Martin Wickham, Kunal Nicole were all there. Terry Neighbour, John Proctor. I saw DJ Cliff and Smithy afterwards. Fantastic to see Jonathan Ellis and his lovely, lovely lady Michelle. Of course, Jonathan writes all the match reviews and previews for us on the Chelsea Fancast website, and many, many, many more besides. It was—it's just so much fun, uh, which is why I got so hammered, and uh, and really, <laughs> really suffering for it today. But it was well worth it. But I'm going to—I'm going to ask Dan this first, and and well, actually, all of you. But I'll ask Dan first. It is a special away, isn't it, mate? I think it's the best away out of London. It's always been fantastic. I mean, the last time we went together is when Ivanovic got a last-minute winner. There's something just about it. Maybe it's been down by the coast, cheap beer at the Giddy Bridge or the Yates's. And a lot of our fans are on that side of London heading out. So, yeah, it just it's always enjoyable. And we always win, which makes it more fun. Yeah, you know I'm what sure, I was going to say that we we kind of delved into some of the statistics on Friday, and and Chelsea nobody has won more at St Mary's uh, than Chelsea, which is which is brilliant. I mean, Jonathan's got peculiar memories of Southampton away because I, I I think I, I I don't think I've laughed half as much ever than when Clive O'Connell told me about when you got stuck in Debenhams in the ladies' underwear section <laughs> at Southampton away. Jonathan, would you like to tell the listener, remind the listener of that story? Well, I come across as a bit of a dick in this story, but um, it's probably I'm why I laughed so much. At um, um, uh, in that period, which I think was uh, 2005, no, when did we win the Rugby World Cup? 2003. Uh, 2003. 2003. Yeah, well, that was it. It was 2003. And um, uh, we'd won it in the morning of that game. And uh, in my euphoria, uh, I'd um, uh, gone to my draw and uh, the Reading away ticket and the Southampton away ticket are... Uh, Vaguely similar. I mean, on reflection, not similar at all. But um, I managed to uh, pick the wrong one out of the draw and queued up and uh, with all my mates, including Clive O'Connell. And funnily enough, um, was refused entry because it was not a Southampton <laughs> ticket. And um, uh, and I rather foolishly, I don't know what came upon me, but I went along to the uh, to the office. They always have an office, don't they, at grounds to argue my case, as it were. And uh, funnily enough, they weren't interested in letting me in. So I asked if I could buy another ticket and there weren't any. So I attempted pathetically to watch the game through a, a crack in a door, which was, had access to the, to the road and managed just to see the goalposts. And then thought, I'll see if I can find a pub somewhere where it might possibly be on. Don't be ridiculous, Jonathan. Of course it isn't. And it was pissing down with rain completely. I mean, really bucketing. So I rather pathetically... Uh, 
found myself in the town centre, having walked uh, all the way to the town centre, and, and uh, a rather accessible environment where I could sit down um, was uh, Debenhams. And bizarrely, the place that had chairs the most was the women's lingerie area. <laughs> yeah, and, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, honestly, it was. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, I spent the whole of the game in there that well you know what i mean this story has been told on the chelsea fan cast before but interestingly enough it was told by by clive o'connell from his perspective i've never actually got this story from the horse's mouth i'm, I'm delighted after many years to do that but uh, how brilliant dean you, you you've done southampton away haven't you it's one i've never done no uh, yeah. really yeah no portsmouth but never southampton but yeah, oh. always love like Fulham because it's like yeah. being at home, but you get all the away vibes as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, think that, I, think. I think that's exactly it because you see, the other thing is what I said earlier is absolutely true. The the atmosphere that we generate when we go to Southampton is just spectacular. Um, a lot of Southampton South phenomenal on the television. It was absolutely. Was it? You yes, just heard everything. You heard. You heard. Unfortunately, you heard slightly too much in certain areas, but you heard absolutely everything loudly whether the microphone was near there but i don't think so when they completely eclipsed the uh, the the home support but there's a kind of inevitability about that i'm always in every time i go away i'm always impressed by the uh, the the, the it's like condensed it's like all the home support condensed into three thousand people and it's some um, it's, it's like a phenomenal. Section. it really is phenomenal i would always say to somebody coming over from the states or from wherever Try and go to an away game because yeah. it's it's a different atmosphere. You'll you'll be you'll be blown away by it. It is phenomenal. It's so much fun. I mean, it really is. Um, uh, you know, I could sit here. We could talk about this for two hours. We're not going to because that would be a bit dull, and it would be also sound a bit uh, churlish, given that a lot of people were not lucky enough to be there. It's like rocking horse shit trying to get hold of a away ticket, as we all know. But yeah, Jonathan, Dan, and Dino are all right. I mean. You know, get down to Southampton away if you can, or any away match. It's what really, uh, the, it's the best, the best fun you'll have supporting the club, no doubt about that. Now, let's talk about the match itself. Um, so much to talk about, so much to commend uh, the performance, which I thought was just jolly good. But what I'm going to focus on first, actually, is, um, you know, something that hasn't been talked enough about this season. I'm very glad to say that Frank uh, thoroughly recognised this in his in his press conference afterwards. But William was outstanding again, and. Actually, so so were all the older guys, and and I and it's occurred to me actually that you know if we're going to have any consistency this season and possibly challenge for the top four, it's all about getting the right balance between youth, experience, and I say world class players. Let's face it, we only have one, and that's Kante. Um, but really, Dan, it, it's important, isn't it? We've got to have that balance. And it looks at the moment that all the old guys are really putting it in, which is good to see because it tells me that they're buying into what Frank wants as well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're absolutely crucial. I mean, I thought Alonso was outstanding yesterday. He could be a bit under the radar. He's almost coming to too much space. But no, these players are really crucial because, you know, like um, Azpilicueta is always encouraging Tamore. Uh, William like a different player I think he's come out of Hazard Shadow now I think there's a lot of it he's playing a bit under the Hazard Shadow in the last four games he's been absolutely brilliant I and mean, he's fit now he's fit he's yeah. fit he's looking excited he's playing with a smile on his face and as Frank said he's, he's not a leader but he's a key key player for us mm. you know he tackles back he tracks him 
we were. The, the, all these players are key. I'm even Zuma to a point because Zuma's quite an experienced player. Yeah. And you forget that, like Tamori, he's played 100 games. Mason Mount's played approaching 100 games. They've all, they, they have experience, but not that top-level experience which the players around them are going to bring. Yeah, that definitely. Jonathan, uh, would you echo that? Uh, completely, completely. William was phenomenal yesterday. I actually, I got slightly emotional because he, uh, <laughs> one, one, one occasion he, he, he ran and, and I thought, oh God, they're going to get down the, the side again of us. And and he just was much quicker than, than the fullback and just got the ball immediately. And I thought, God, that is absolutely fantastic. William, you are playing out of your skin. And particularly since he's been given, given such a hard time by people. And, and uh, people saying, you know, flog him again to Barcelona with that ludicrous rumour that he was going to Barcelona for 60 million. I mean, where did these come from? But um, I, 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 I take my hat off because he's also... Um, he beats three or four players all the time. You actually think, I mean, absolutely correct, Dan. I think he's he's he he's had moments where he's been hazard esque, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and there's a theory at the moment. Some member somebody putting forward on um, on Twitter yesterday that the team plays better without hazard because you're not having to seek him out all the time, which I thought was really interesting. But yeah, I think I think the players of the the uh, the older players are really stepped up. It was fantastic when Alonso actually ran down the wing and beat a couple of players, and the crowd sang Alonso running. He runs down the wing for me, and it was similarly. You thought, I mean, he's really stepped up, Alonso, since Emerson was injured. Yeah. You know, because he was thrown in. At, um, it, he was playing not because he, he earned his place. He was playing because Emerson was injured, and he. Yeah. Uh, he really, he's really stepped up. And Jorginho's looked great. And I said the one player, bizarrely, who hasn't been playing quite as well is Kante, who's, who's uh, I think, still still missing the odd tackle. I still don't think he's quite fit. No, but I think that's the problem. He's yeah, still, yeah, he still cements it together. But yeah. I was, um, all four of them were unbelievably impressive. It was, um, um, it was, it was, it was. You just thought. My my, my fear is is that you know how long do you keep this going? You know, is it because it's what I said on the show the on the Friday? I want all these games against lesser teams. We I want us to beat them. Yeah, right. I, you know, Chid, you just said oh, you're being a little bit optimistic, but I know. But I think we've got the. Oh, I don't the, see why not. I think I think we're, we're we're more than capable of it. Um, let's yeah, just move yeah. this on. Let's move this on and get Dean involved. Um, uh, very appropriately, really. Jo- uh, Jonathan and Dan both mentioned Jorginho there. Um, who I, I thought had an excellent game actually yesterday, Dean. But uh, of course, the news about Jorginho this week is that he's been made vice captain. Now, I've already written an article actually saying how impressed I've been with Jorginho, particularly after last season and the stick he got. And I thought when he came out really early in the season and nailed his colours to Frank Lampard's mast, I thought, good, you know, way to go. But he's backing it up on the pitch, and I'm, I'm quite, so I'm, I am a little bit of surprised he's been made, made vice captain, but I'm, 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 I'm all for that actually, Dean. You, what's your view on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's only been a season at, at Chelsea, and already he's, you know, that leader in the dressing room. I mean, last season he was Sarri on the pitch, uh, so to speak, and he's continued that this season without the cigarettes. Um, it has to be said, though, Dean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best thing for Jorginho is that Lampard has sort of freed these passing channels and stuff that Sarri likes to use so he's better able to find these teammates because they're in positions better suited to the team as they're playing so he's looking like a much better player even though he's probably playing at the same level he was last year it's just those around him have stepped up also mm. I, well I'm, as I said I'm all for it I mean you know clearly he's he's got a lot of experience um, we know that he, he likes to I mean he, you know even under Sarri he was always 
shouting and pointing about people to get into the right position. So he's clearly got leadership credentials, Dan. Um, you know, we gave him a bit of stick last year, it has to be said, mate, but I'm very pleased for him, I've got to be honest. Yeah, me too. I mean, listen, Pep, Pep wants him. You know, Pep, he was Pep's main target because of Sarah. He came to Chelsea. But just the way he is on the pitch, the way he was hugging players after the match, pointing, he's always looking for the ball. He's always gesticulating. He's a real, he's very vocal on the pitch. And mm-hmm. he, he can pick a pass. I was, the best thing for him was he got booked quite early on, yet he controlled his game for the last 70-odd minutes without any reckless tackles. You know, he's, yeah. he's a really important player. He links the passing. Really, really impressive. I mean, like, listen, last year we all know, you know, been spoken to death about the shackles and now we've seen what a real talented player he is mm, definitely Jonathan um what what I think pleases me most I alluded to this a minute ago but that it's very cohesive at the moment they all seem to be pulling in the right direction and that direction is being dictated by Frank Jody and Joe Edwards and uh, as I said I'm really impressed with how cohesive how, how they're all putting the effort in and and it's just wonderful to see mate it really is well, they're training very hard because Frank keeps mentioning this. I have to say once again, Frank gave a wonderful interview to Sky, uh, to the, the young lady on Sky. Laura uh, Woods, the lovely yeah. Laura Woods. Yeah. Yeah. He, and it was just, it's sweet. He's a, such a sweet bloke, Frank, as well as being, you know, he takes every question seriously. He's a PR dream. I keep going on about this, but no wonder everybody's falling in love with the club. But it is the media story, you know, particularly since United and Spuds are falling away. You know, it's, it's, they, they, they're beginning to love us and it's something that you can't stand, Chid. No, but, I can't. But it, it's, it, <laughs> but it's, there we go. <laughs> it's happening. It's really happening. But yeah, and he went on once again about how important training was. And, uh, you know, it's always been my big thing about the, the, what is seen by the manager. Um, but he, he, he each time mentioned, particularly with the Pulisic situation, he said, you know, he, he's been impressive recently in training. So he gets a chance on the bench. He's been in, and as in Tomori, who's been outstanding in training. He keeps going on about this. And the same way, so therefore the competition in training for the places is, is excellent. And if they're, they're understanding what he's doing, which they are clearly, well, it's it's bound to gel, isn't it? If it doesn't gel, you don't get in the side. It's as simple as that, you know. But he's got more and more choices. It just it's clearly a very happy setup, and uh, and they've got all the support from Jody and Joe as well. And you just think, oh, this is this is a dream come true in these uh, this era where they're even suggesting that that's what United need to do is get the the youth involved, and they're not. And and so the uh, the uh, the transfer ban is it's has been an absolutely perfect opportunity for this to take place. Um, and though somebody was mooting, and if the, the transfer ban is lifted in December, well, they've got opportunity to buy some somebody. Who could they possibly yeah. need to buy? My goodness It's going to be very I mean, interesting, very oh. interesting to see that, isn't it? Dean, you know, one of the things that occurs to me, you know, quite often the barometer for really, really good managers, we hear it all the time, don't we, is, you know, their ability to improve players. And I have to be honest, you know, Frank Lampard, okay, absolutely legend in the game. If if you're not going to take it from him, then you might as well give up playing football. But I really didn't, I really didn't see him necessarily, you know, quite having the nows as a manager yet to improve players. But he is clearly improving some of the experienced players. That's what astonishes me, Dean. Yeah, exactly. And I think the big thing for for Frank is that. You know, if these players don't perform, then he is willing to replace them. And that's something that most of these players have never had at Chelsea. You know, Jose, Antonio, uh, Sarri, they all had their 11 or 12. And outside of that was rarely changed. And now, if 
William doesn't perform, you know, there's Hudson Odoi, there's you know Pulisic. If Jordan doesn't perform, there's Billy Gilmore, and they've got to perform and they've got to buy into what Frank's doing because if they don't, then he's not afraid to drop them. And I think not just improving the experienced players, but you know having them fight for their place is probably the most important thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, mate. Right, let's wrap this one up. We're going to talk much more about the game itself after this break, uh, where we will be applauding uh, Tammy Abraham, the league's top goal scorer, and Mason Mount for his vital contributions. Um, but we'll also be asking, you know, with the international break coming up, is that a bad time for our momentum, which seems to be getting going? And we will also be introducing our new promotion, spelt wrongly by me in the script. Uh, do a hundred lines, Chigi. But anyway, the promotion is called who knows wins uh, and it's basically how you know we get to bet uh, i set up I'll, I'll explain it all in a minute see you in a sec real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to chidge and the boys on the chelsea football fancast total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. You're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. I've got Jonathan in the house. I've got Dan in the house. Hello. And we've got Dino in the house too. Evening. I would say that is a full house. Uh, now, talking of Dean, Dean, as you well know, uh, writes, uh, he is our star writer on the Chelsea fancast. Uh, and before he comes back to me, he says, but Chidge, I'm the only writer on the fancast. This is a gross lie. There are other people who write, but not quite as well or as frequently as Dino does. Uh, and if you want to check out his work, as you should, uh, go to ChelseaFanCast.com and you'll find it all there. Uh, you'll also find, actually, every every my my contribution to the website is the fact that I... I, I kind of promote the fact that we're doing the show live on Mixler at 7 o'clock and I put a little blog about it to tell you what's going on. And there's also a live embedded player. So you can just go to our website, check out my blog, and you can go on the player and it'll play live for you from the website and you can join in all the fun in Mixler, as so many of you do. Right, um, back with the football. Uh, Dan, let's talk about Tammy Abraham again. Um, bizarre uh, experience for me because of course we were right at the other end when that goal went in so I absolutely had no flaming idea at all what was going on and then suddenly it was a goal and then I realised that you know there was that check for you know the, the goal line uh, it going over the goal line yeah. yeah but I mean words fail me I mean he's the joint top Premier League scorer I mean who knew it's brilliant I mean nothing faces him he's just got this incredible confidence that he's going to score goals he's big he's strong I mean, that was, I mean, it was the Callum ball over the top, obviously playing together at youth level, run onto it. He only had one thing to do to score a goal, and he did it perfectly. I mean, he mm. it was a goal before the decision because he was running to follow it in, and he was celebrating. I mean, he's, he, he gets scrappy goals, he gets good goals. He's, he's a talent, and, you know, he's got, was it, 50-odd goals at championship level, and he's stepped up to Premier League, and he's, you know, he can't do anything wrong right now. It's fantastic. Right. He's keeping Juru out of the team. Michi's a bit part player. It's, it's, it's fabulous. It's so good to see. Do you think? Do you think you'll get twenty goals this season, mate? Well, if he carries on this vein of form, definitely. Yeah. He's got a very good chance. I mean, assume he doesn't get injured. You do, Chidge. You do. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do. But I haven't had the chance to ask Daniel. I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, oh, I think okay. he definitely. Well, I think he, you know, good cut. Well, he can hit a hit twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, you know, that plays was... with a smile on his face. That's great. It was, a, it was a wonderful goal. That was yeah. a wonderful goal, wasn't it? I mean, just and also a wonderful ball from uh, Adoy. 
one yeah. just spot on. But also just, just just getting to it and and knowing where the goal was and giving. I thought I went watching it thinking, is this got is this going to go in? Oh my goodness, it's getting it then and then and he knew it was in. I loved it because he knew despite the bloke yeah. having attempted uh, to get it off the line. It was. You look back on it and think. God, that really, that was a top top goal from a top player, and he's still got room for improvement. That's the and thing. Yeah, and he knows that. He's, he's very yeah. humble into you saying, you know. Yeah, it's just it's brilliant to see, you know, because you, you, you know you had Patrick Bamford had a similar goal scoring record at um, Championship level, nowhere near the player Tammy is, nowhere near the player. Yeah, you know, incredible. It just it just shows give give the guys a chance, and then make some mount scoring goals. It's it, it's it's brilliant. It's it's probably the happiest time. It's been a Chelsea fan for a very well, long time. I, I, I concur. Dino, I mean, you know, we just mentioned Mason Mount there. I, I, I mean, again, I was at the other end. Uh, in fact, actually, I, should, I, should, I cannot tell a lie in true George Washington style. But uh, uh, I, by about, after about a quarter of an hour, I suddenly realised that I had to go for a piss. And this is very unlike me. I, I can normally like hold it in for an entire half, but I'd had so much to drink before. Uh, and also, I did a talk sport interview as well with Max Rushton and Barry Glenn Denning, which was quite a giggle. Um, but anyway, I, I, I needed a pee and something to eat, so I, I wandered off after about a quarter of an hour. As I came back up the uh, you know the entrance, and I was walking, um, I think I, yeah, I, I just got there and I saw Mason Mount put the goal in, so it was a, it was good timing by me. Uh, but there you go. Um, he put it away really, really well, didn't he? Uh, and he, and the thing I like about Mason Mount, Dean, is that he's making vital con- contributions regularly. Yeah, he was the player we was crying out for last season. Really, we needed yeah. the goals from midfield, and and now we've got them in in Mason. He, you know, has an eye for goal. He knows to get in the right positions. He's an all round midfielder that we have a coach who done that his whole career, got in the box and scored goals. There's no better combination than than what we've got at the moment. I think yeah. it was a very Lampard esque goal, wasn't it? Coming in, you know, driving the box and putting the ball away. And he started it, Dan. He started yeah. it with that header, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he tracked tra- the ball down, made the run. Great bit of interplay in the midfield and very confident finish. I keeper sit down yeah. before he blasted it over him. And uh, it, it was a fantastic finish. And it was such a shame that a few minutes later he got into the box and shanked that one wide. From Tammy's ball, yeah. Yeah, that was such a shame. There were so many other chances. I mean, it keeps going, this whole process, I keep saying they'll just create chance after chance and they've just got to get more efficient at putting them away. Which because they experience. It, it's a kind of experience. But also, the, yeah, because, uh, you know, the other day, the um, how many chances did we miss against um, Brighton? Seven. And yet this time we, we put four of them away really excellently. You know, so it's get, it's getting there. It really is getting there. I just wish Adoy had scored in the last few minutes, you know, when he, when he had that one-on-one. Yeah. Poor effort, really. But yeah. I, th- I think to be, f- I mean, I, I'm, you know, let, let's be, let's not be too critical of Hudson Adoy because he's been out for a while and he's rusty and and he's probably feeling his way about the injury. But I think he's done all right. Um, I think he did all right the other day when he yeah, came yeah, on yeah, against Lille, right. which we'll yeah. talk about yeah. later. And he set up, he set up Tammy Abraham beautifully uh, for his goal. And, and I and I think actually, you know, Frank's got it right. He's introducing him. Gently, it was like it was good to start him actually for his confidence, but uh, I think we need to handle him carefully. Did, did any, I mean, did anybody hear or, or, or read what Robert Green said about him on the radio? Yeah, they could. Yeah, they couldn't believe that Say was wasn't playing him last Cause, season. Cause he was so committed. impressive, right, in, yeah. in training and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And no one could believe he wasn't getting a look in. He's a hell of a talent, isn't he? We're incredibly blessed. Um, look, talking of wingers and stuff, 
all the hoo-ha about Pulisic. I, I, I was really delighted, Dean, to not only see him get a few minutes, but to get an assist. It was a lovely assist for Batshuayi's goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He's a he's a great player, and you know he just needs that time to, you know, adjust and and come into the team. Uh, I think a bit slowly, like Lampard's doing with him, because you don't want him to sort of be seen as a flop. But then one season and he's out, you want him to take the time to adjust and and to showcase his talents because you know we wouldn't have paid the money for him if he wasn't a good player. And I think he's he's going to show it this season for sure. I think I think actually you know there's a lot of brouhaha I mean we know that a lot of the Pulisic nonsense is coming from Twitter and is therefore absolutely best ignored but um, that of course feeds into the mainstream media uh, who then kick up a whole fuss about it as well I mean there was stuff going on apparently I don't know what paper it was I've been a bit hung over for most or drunk yesterday but the bottom line is they were inferring that if he doesn't feel he's going to break into the side he'll, he'll be off in January, well, I mean, if you saw the way he celebrated that Batshuayi goal, that even they even had a, a rehearsed celebration. So, you know, our little kind of slight theory last week that he might be finding it hard to settle in seems to be an absolute load of nonsense, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, I think we've been misled actually by uh, the Twitterati and the media. Some 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 uh, negative media trying to stir it up and make a story out of nothing actually, because. Uh, um, in fact, there's an article on it in the Standard tonight, and he's quoted as saying, "I've got, I've got to, I've got to improve. I've got to play. You know, I'm on the bench. That's good enough. That's the way. That's the way clubs are run." Um, and uh, he came on and he impressed, which is exactly what you want from a substitute, because then it means that they, next time they come on and they play the full game, they're going to be having more an impact. So yes, it was a lovely little little assist for for Batshuayi, and he's he's come on. He looks good as well. Yeah, he so put it away well, didn't he? That he goal? did very well. So it's 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 all coming together. Yeah, I, it, I have to pinch myself. I, I I really really do. I mean, it's it's just. I mean, even if I mean, I know this sounds like a really nuts thing to say. I'm, I'm sure Dan will Dan will get it. But I mean, even if we weren't playing that well and we were losing a bit, it would still be brilliant fun because it's just so exciting, you know, to see what what might happen this year. And of course, my expectations have been, uh, you know, reassessed as a result. But actually, it's going it's going way better, Dan, than I could have possibly believed at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it'd be anywhere near <coughs> far as up as we're doing. I mean, I just thought maybe Tanner's got one or two goals and maybe tenth, but it's just been. You know the the Man United game now just seems so far away. That you know horrendous three minutes we're letting two goals just seems so far away. You know we've given Liverpool up their money twice. We're playing some beautiful football. The kids are scoring. It's it's happy times. I'm really you know the season's going to get get better. I've just got to butt in here because I bring in some mixler here. The lovely Jeffrey Asselstein. I I will refrain from singing your song, Jeffrey, in honour of uh, Darren's absence, but. uh, uh, Jeffrey says so much optimism. Do I have the right show? I want my Chelsea back. Stop this right now, Chidge. You're being very silly. Uh, well, intru- I'll, I'll, I'll give a caveat to that then. Okay, the defence really needs to get its act together, particularly Agreed. laying the ball out from the penalty area. Ye gods, stop it! I'll have a heart attack. Well, we've had our, our friend Monyaki messaging me earlier on saying, you know, talking about Kepa and you know whether he's footwork and passing needs some to be adjusted because he you know maybe he's passed under pressure by some weak kicks out occasionally i don't know what people's thoughts are on that or 
whether Kepa's got yeah, any pain. Well, it wasn't only the weak kicks. It was the, but also it was Tamori playing it short twice, you know, and it, there's a similar pattern in the Lille game as we'll get onto it. But um, also the goal itself as well. What, what happened? I mean, why, didn't any, why didn't anybody tackle well, him? Well, oh, Graham Sudes is meant to be an expert, says Georgino should have fouled him. I said, well, Georgino would have been booked, so he's not going <laughs> yeah, to get right. across there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you talking Quality. about? Quality. Quality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I quite. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I quite like Sooners actually, but I, 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 I loved him as a player because I, I modelled my game on his. Really, he's a curmudgeon, isn't he? But he's not got, my mistake. He's, he's a real curmudgeon. But it was. Listen, this is a learning process from the defence going forward. We build from the back, and we'll get there. I mean, you know, Tamore's going to get better. You know, Zuma was unlucky with the bounce of Danny Ings. Listen, if we're winning a game four-one, it's a little bit churlish to say, "Well, blah, blah, blah. it's not defence. We'll get better." And also, what was good that. We're a lot less susceptible to um, crosses. It looked like people were actually taking responsibility. Well, I was going to say, Dan, they, they didn't they didn't concede a goal from a set piece, which is which is definitely yeah. progress in my book. But I, you you tell me, you boys are watching on TV. It's a bit different when you look at the game and pissed. But uh, I I got the impression that they were not defending zonally. They weren't. Well, they, if they were, people were taking responsibilities for their zones right. because a couple of times. I think Zuma headed the ball out once. I think Alonso did once. So perhaps they were defending zonally, but taking the responsibility, which they haven't been doing. So this is your section, you head it. So we didn't really... I mean, they, they put a couple of good corners in, and we seem to you know, deal with it much better than we had done previously. Well, that, that's good. I mean, the one thing I would say about Kepa, Dean, is, is I, I, I think he's a good keeper. We know, we know he's a good shot stopper. I mean, he, he's got a, one of, that canny uh, ability to get you know get behind the ball and, and make some great great saves. He's made some real worldies as we know quite recently as well. But uh, if I was to criticise him at all, I, I wonder about his. He, I don't I don't see him as a very commanding keeper in the box. Uh, I don't know how vocal he is, and I think annoyingly right now with an inexperienced defence, we need somebody who's very vocal and can you know kick him up the arse and get him organised. And I don't think we really get that from Kepa Dean. Yeah, I think a bit like. Um... De Gea in his first couple of seasons, he's a bit too slight to command his area the way he probably wants to. And you know, let's not forget he's quite inexperienced as well. He's, he's still young, he's still learning. Obviously, checks back at the bridge now, so you know there could be some some extra coaching going on there. Um, but you know, I think he's been he's been fantastic since he's he's joined us, Kepa, and we've got a potential world class goalkeeper at our hands again. Yeah, and he's still young. To be fair, um, Jonathan, on, on on the on the positive side. Uh, I thought that the game management in the second half was was pretty good actually. I mean they were they were they were three one up, obviously. It's always nice to go and get more goals, which they eventually did, but it wasn't kind of, you know, that uh kind of headless chicken type play. Oh, let's go and get more goals, you know, like five year olds do. They they basically were seeing the game out, which is not something I've I've seen too much from this Chelsea side. It was quite interesting to see, I thought. Well, they attempted to, but there was a lot of giving the ball away. Uh, but Southampton had attempted to get back in and they seemed to be playing more in a more disciplined way. I just felt there was a period where um, I, it slightly worries me that I didn't at 3-1, I thought they were going to score regardless, even if we were controlling the game in some way, just because I, I'm so suspicious of our ability to, to defend. Um uh, I, I just think we're fantastic going forward. And I, my theory at the moment is constantly, we've just got to score as many goals as we possibly can because we make, we make chance after chance. So part of me, part of me seeing this, this management in the second half then gets fearful because I think, well, 
actually, that's I'm not convinced we're terribly good at this. And and I, 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 I didn't get a positive out of that, Chidge, actually. I actually thought we should have been attacking more again because we're, we're, we're so devastating going forward. It's just he's somehow got to get the balance. Well, and, I mean, um, Jonathan, I, 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 I kind of I half agree with you in a sense. I mean, I, I was there and I, yeah, yeah. I never felt you know really Easy. comfortable you know exactly yeah, because absolutely. you just absolutely you, you do have that you know okay let, let, let's kind of put it around another way i remember you know when Mourinho was there in his first spell we got two nil up game over and you just knew it. you could go absolutely. to sleep for the second half because yeah. you knew they could they could play you for a week and not score because we had such a such a gr- good solid defense it was just brilliant i i don't have that feeling with this side you do think christ that you know they can get pinged on the counter-attack uh, they're vulnerable to the set piece. They can make a mistake and give the ball away and get punished for it. There is that feeling. But that said, J.K., I, I, I do felt I did feel that they they managed the game quite well in that second half, better than I've seen previously. Although I, I do agree with you, I, I do feel a bit vulnerable on it. Dean, uh, uh, sorry, Dean, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's game management. It's this learning process. How to you know, go through and up and see the game out. I just thought we looked more solid, albeit Southampton were a really poor team. Um, they just didn't seem, they were players individuals, there's no cohesiveness then going forward. They had a couple of early chances, but I just thought they were really poor. But we managed the game out. You know, we let in one goal, which was a lucky goal. We didn't give up that many shots on goal. I don't think Kemp had many saves to make. Our Ings had a head that went close in the second half. But aside from that, I don't really recall them causing yeah. any trouble. I so maybe, this is, you know, every game there's progress from all the players. You know, unlucky not to get a clean sheet. We won 4-1 away from home. So Which is so, lovely. You can't ask yeah. for much more than that. Exactly. I mean, Dean, you know, reality is, uh, we're, you know, that's four wins from four. We've got a bit of momentum now, which is great. We're up to fifth, which is, you know, good. Uh, we've got players coming back from injury. Uh, Loftus Cheek probably in about a month's time or so. Rudiger hopefully quite soon. Emerson will be fit fairly soon. It's all kind of coming together. Um, we we talked earlier on about there's a great team spirit and everybody's pulling in the same direction. Um, I personally think that you know, given also how utterly implosive both Spurs and United are. I, I really do think we can give getting into the top four a crack this season. But I have to be honest, Dean, I do worry that the international breaks come at a bad time. And, you know, we, we've got a real head of steam up at the moment. And I think that's a real shame that we're going to lose that momentum in the next two weeks. And, of course, there's always the risk with so many of our players being called up that we might get an injury or two, which will bugger things up right properly again. Yeah, I don't agree, to be honest. Um, okay. As long as we don't get any injuries. Um, you know, I think it's always good to you know take a step back and assess where we are. And, you know, this season more than ever, we've got to take things game by game. And if we can, you know, allow some of those players to recover a bit more and, you know, work on some things, you know, especially defending, um, then we can always carry on improving even though we're not playing. Um, I think the good thing is we've got a good little run of games um, that we can take advantage of some lesser teams if we continue... Uh, the way we're going. Mm. Okay, Jonathan. I mean, Rudiger's going to be back. They reckon after the break. So you know, the, the other side of my uh, negative coin is, of course, it does give those that are injured a bit more time to to ease themselves back in. Um, you must be happy about that, given what I'm you were saying earlier. I'm happy, but I'm not convinced he'll play him. Um, I think he eases people in, doesn't he? I mean, they made a mistake with Emerson. They talk about eases people in. They made a mistake with Emerson, and they made a mistake with Rudiger the first time. Mm. So uh, um, I'm not convinced they'll 
they'll get in particularly uh, quickly. But um, he, he will eventually. I think. I oh, think yeah, you know, R- yeah, Rudiger, yeah, Rudiger yeah, and yeah. Tamori are going to be the first choice. They they, must yeah, absolutely, be. of course. But I have to say, I thought Zuma had a decent game, uh, other than missing the miss. He and Tamori both missed um, uh, um, the header in Lille, didn't they? But they missed. Uh, uh, they, but Zuma was a bit slow for the goal again this time. It's tricky. No, no, Zuma, no, Zuma was in a good position. I think he's clear it's bounced off Danny Ings. I think he was. In a he, good did, position. he did. He did. He yeah. did. I think Zuma was. Zuma's I'm being unfair. Yeah, one consistent. of you, one of you, Jonathan. You finish, then Dan. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm being very unfair. He had a very decent game, Zuma. I think he's improved. Um, but I agree completely. Chid Rudiger is the the man to partner Tomori. Yeah, I say I think I think Zuma Zuma's range of passing was fantastic. I think he's just got this certain he, he's got this clumsy look about him, almost like Bambi when he plays. But he's actually a really good player. He just looks a bit, you know, just he clumsy, looks clumsy, like, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks clumsy, but he's he's strong. His positional sense is good. Some of his long range passing was superb. I think mm. he's a re- I think he's a really good player, and, and he's fast and his, as well. It seems to well, and he, and his middle name's Happy. What's not to like? Yeah, yeah which is great. Yeah, it's yeah. Kurt Happy. I'm happy. Exactly that. Um, you know, I, I look. The reality is, I think Dean was saying this earlier on, weren't you, Dean? That, that we've got a squad, you know, and there there, there doesn't seem to be this uh, divisiveness that 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 often causes. I remember we spoke to Kerry at the beginning of the season, and Kerry Dixon at the beginning of the season, and we were we were wondering, you know, how do you how do you kind of keep players who are not playing regularly happy? But I think I think perhaps because Frank is being utterly meritocratic about it it's it's not about reputations it's about what you're delivering for me on the training pitch and what you're delivering for me on the pitch uh so i think they all think that they've got a chance dean yeah exactly and if you look at um olivier Giroud's comments he said you know tammy's walking on water so you know they're they're happy not to be playing if those in front of them are are performing and you know supplying the goods and Mm. you know so far the ones that frank's picking are yeah, can't argue with that. All right, well, I'm afraid uh, Real Football now takes a break uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, our next match back is on the 19th of uh, of October when we play the Geordies uh, at Stamford Bridge. So I'm, I can't wait for that, I have to say. Now, in the meantime, we've got international football. And, of course, we have a massive interest in it because uh, so many of our youngsters have got the call-up. I think they've all got the call-up, haven't they, if my memory serves me correct. But uh, they will be taking part in it, no doubt. Now, this gives us the perfect opportunity to well I say that it'd probably be better if it was the Premier League weekend this weekend but nevertheless um I've joined forces with uh, who knows wins who are they like to call themselves the home of social betting so it's it's kind of gambling let's be very honest here um uh, but as they say themselves they're changing the culture of gambling by making it social uh, and they've removed the bookies from the equation and now you can bet on sports against your mates it's a great way to rake in the cash with your friends and have a bit of banter along the way uh, in the chat section, which I'll explain in a minute. But basically means there are no odds, there are no bookmakers. Uh, this is all about predicting, uh, you know, the football matches. Uh, so therefore, the more that you know, the, the the more expert you think you are, the more chance you have to win. So um, just to read through this, and I'll kind of go into it in a bit more detail, but I've set up a private Chelsea fancast league. So you basically have to pay an entry fee. You have to put in a stake. And then you you choose uh the, the, you know you choose whether it's going to be a, a, a win a, a home win and a away win or a draw, and uh, I will invite you to join this league uh, because I will send you a little link and then you all predict the outcome of the games that I've selected and the person with the most correct predictions wins the pot of money because as I said it's like pool betting, 
So if you put in a five over 100 people in there, that means the pool's 500 and it's split on a percentage basis. The first person gets 70% and so on. So it's, it's basically having a bet on the football. Um, as always, it's governed by the usual gambling rules. So I'm afraid, and I hate to say this, this is like a dagger through my heart, but that means it's only open to our UK listeners uh, because that is the law. And of course, don't forget, gamble responsibly and when the fun stops, stop. Uh, I don't know how to do anything responsible. I can't even say it, let alone do it, but I'll try. Um, now, how do you do this? Well, you have to download the app. So you go to uh, either the Apple Store or Google Play and look for Who Knows Wins. And then you register an account and then you need to deposit some money. Uh, and as I said, as the Chelsea Fancast is a private league, you won't see it on there. You have to be invited. Uh, and the way that I will do that is I will put up the link to our league on social media. Uh, and then what you do, you follow that link uh, and then you join the league. But you have to have downloaded the app and registered and you know deposited money and all of that uh, before you do that. And then, uh, as you will find out, we've, I've, I've selected, actually, it's quite interesting, I've selected... Um, the most relevant games this weekend. So I tried to keep it kind of Chelsea-centric. Uh, As I said, normally it'll just be the Premier League fixtures that weekend that I'll select because that makes it quite interesting. We're all kind of, you know, we've got skin in the game, I think they say, or a dog in the fight, uh, depending on, on what you prefer. So there you go. Let me see if I can find this. I'm such a idiot with technology, but I'll do my best. Here we go, starting soon. So the games that I've selected for your uh, delight are uh, the Czech Republic versus England. Uh, on Friday, uh, oh bloody hell, mate! That means that that'll be on when we're doing the the Love Sports Show. Never mind. So yeah, England versus the Czech Republic. That's a way. Iceland versus France. We've got a lot of French players. Georgia versus the Republic of Ireland. Well, you know, I like the Republic of Ireland. Denmark versus Switzerland. So hopefully Christiansen will be playing there. Italy versus Greece. Uh, Jorginho will be playing in that. Norway versus Spain. Kepa may well be playing. Uh, I don't know if we've got. I don't know if Aspie will get in at the moment, but there you go. Uh, Kazakhstan versus Belgium. You never know. Michi might get in instead of Lukaku. And Wales versus Croatia because Ampadu will probably be playing for them. So I've tried to keep it a little bit kind of Chelsea centric. So if you go to your, you know, your app provider, get, get hold of who knows who knows wins. Uh, register your account. Drop some money in there, and then go go onto our social media accounts, Twitter and Facebook. Find the link to our league, and then you go in there, join it, and we can all have a bit of fun this weekend and uh, see who does best. They, as I said a minute ago, they have a chat room, so we can be sending each other rude messages about how rubbish uh, I am about uh, predicting things. Although I have to say, J.K., I'm on a bit of a roll at the moment. Have you noticed this? I mean, I was only one goal out. Uh, yes, sir. I said three-one, didn't I, last Friday? Mind you, I said 4-2. Yeah, you were also only one out. The beautiful yeah. thing is, Jonathan, we only have to predict if it's an away win, a home win, or, a, you know, a draw. So we oh, don't have to... Yeah. I, that. I like doing the scores. Do I know. The, the Makes it easier, though. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah. Now, this is remarkable. I'm getting some good feedback from people, as you would expect. Lovely Jeffrey Asselstein says, Gambling is illegal in Qatar, so thank you for saving me a criminal record. Well, there we go. We could always do a song and release it, Jeffrey, and then it would be a proper criminal record. But uh, I'm amazed that gambling's illegal in Qatar. I'm really surprised. Alexander says, I'm from Newfoundland. We were a part of the UK a few decades ago. Uh, but there you go. Uh, and poor old Claire says, I know. I knew you were going to say that, Chidge. My heart is yet again broken. Sigh. And blood slowly dripping off the dagger. Crushed. I am simply crushed. Oh, my God, Claire. I'm feeling terrible. Uh, some of you can have fun. Others, others, 
Others of us will simply have to find something else interesting to do, to which UK residents will not be invited. Oh, wow, you know, strong words, Claire, but I kind of do feel... I mean, actually, this is not just a question of the marketing agency or, or the company being irritating and annoying and excluding you lot. It's, it's actually the law, because uh, it is gambling, so, you know, it has to be under the jurisdiction of the UK. So I'm afraid only our UK listeners can join, and I'm very sorry about that. But I intend to be doing this, you know, throughout the season. So every weekend, I create a new league, the new Chelsea Fancast League. I pick the Premier League fixtures, and uh, and we all have a bit of fun. Maybe, you know, and if enough of us join in, we could be talking a lot of money here. Just bung a fiver in, you know, each week, and you could win loads. I mean, it's great. Dan, what do you, you like a bit of a flutter like I yeah, do. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'd definitely have a few could on the <laughs> weekend, <laughs> I knew you would. It's good fun. <laughs> I just think it's quite fun because we never ever do anything uh, like do predictions on this show. We do on the Friday show uh, because they kind of make us. But uh, I just thought it might. I, that when I got uh, the people got hold of me to say if I wanted to get involved with this, I I, it, I thought yeah that appeals actually, especially if we can win a better money. Uh, Dino, are you are you do you like a flutter? Yeah, sounds um, sounds interesting. Put your put our money where our mouth is. No, oh, there you go. I like. There we go. Dean's Dean's nailed it, Jonathan. Put our money where our not inconsiderable mouths are. I have a tiny mouth, actually. You make a very large sound, nevertheless. Oh, <laughs> you did tee me up for that, mate. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll on. But uh, as I said, this will be a fixture for uh, at least the next month. So uh, do check our Twitter feed out. I will pin it to our our Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed with the link where you can go in and join the league. But uh, download the app, register an account, chuck some money in it, join the league, and we can have some fun at the weekend and every weekend from, from now on. So there you go. I commended it to you. Now, while we're on kind of promotions and parish notices and things, I should, should remind you uh, that, of course, we have the big Stamford Bridge sleepout coming up in November. Dan, are you going on this? Uh, if I'm not moving house, then yes, I will be. Okay. That's a maybe, so- then. This is uh, maybe, yeah, because I'm meant to be moving that week. I haven't signed Oh, you really? Yeah. Okay, we're not going to. This is a conversation for outside of the fan cast. Absolutely, I, I, yeah. Yes, I didn't realise that. Anyway, cutting a long story short, the trust, with the backing of the club, have planned a charity sleepout in November in aid of two local homeless charities, and it's called the Big Stamford Bridge Sleepout, and it's a unique opportunity for fans to volunteer to sleep out at Stamford Bridge and raise money through sponsorship. It's open to anybody who is a season ticket holder or member, and full details can be found at the Trust website and Facebook page. Now, you'll be able to sign up, and full instructions will be given to create your own online giving page, so you don't have to actually collect the money yourself. Anyway, I like to think of this as spend the night sleeping with your favourite Chelsea fans. Uh, And uh, in the spirit of goodwill and sharing, I myself will be taking part uh, freezing my nads off for an evening, sleeping on the cold East Stand floor. But uh, in that case, I will be honoured if you... I don't even own a sleeping bag. I need to go and buy a sleeping bag, Jonathan, and some cardboard, I think. What is, what's the cardboard for? Put it on the floor so you don't get piles, mate, when you sleep no, on I, the cold I thought, floor. I thought you were going to put it in there with you just to warm me up a bit more. Newspaper's no, no. good, newspaper. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you like sleeping... Um, Clothes, clothesless in the bag. I, I will, no, I will be, I will be sleeping with my coat on. I expect. I hate the cold. I mean, seriously, people, yeah, yeah, I have a yeah. pathological hatred of being cold. I have a pathological hatred of sleeping outside. I mean, when I used to go to Glastonbury as a kid, I refused to sleep in tents. I would always sleep in whoever drove their car there. I mean, this is just like the. 
you know, I mean, I'm not trying to, I mean, you know, obviously there are people very sadly, which is the whole point with doing this, who, who have to sleep rough and are homeless, which is just, I think, one of the most appalling things in the 21st century. The fact that we have people who sleep rough and are homeless, I cannot get my head around that concept in this day and age. So that's why we're doing it. But uh, I, I can't think of anything worse, personally. It's just, it's just awful. So uh, I, will, I, will, I will not be enjoying this. But uh, please sponsor me because it's such a good cause. They're local charities too. It's, it's, I think it's Glass House and the other one's the uh, Oswald Stoll, who are, who are next-door neighbours to, to us at the bridge. So it's a really good uh, chair, a couple of charities. And, of course, Ray Wilkins kind of is the inspiration for this when he talked to that homeless chap which came to light after he died. Anyway, enough of me prattling on. You can uh, donate to me or for the cause by going to uh, uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash David Chidgey. Uh, and of course I'll put that up the links to that up on Twitter and Facebook so please give generously it's a worthwhile cause Um, talking of worthwhile causes Mr P Canneville um, the absolute legend and great friend of this show who's having a fantastic event where you can watch the documentary that was made about him uh, and then have a QA and a and then get copies of his autobiography signed and the tickets are £15 and it's at the Stay Club Collindale 16 to 18 Charcot Road London NW9 5 wu 7 to 10 p.m. And I believe it's October the 19th. I do this every week. You would have thought I'd have the brains to actually write the flaming date in, but uh, I'm afraid your old Uncle Chidge is a bit stupid. It is October the 19th, Saturday, October the 19th. So please go and uh, support Paul if you're in the manor. Uh, now, Patreon. Uh, everybody who's on Patreon for the Chelsea Fancast will know because I put a post up there this week saying that we now have the Kerry Dixon mini banners available, what I've been promising you lot for a long, 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 long time. Uh, several of you have already responded saying that you would like me to send you one. Uh, I mean, they're pretty much enough to go round, but it will be first, just about. It'll be first, uh, first, serve, first come, first serve. But do respond to that post. Let me know. Make sure you put your address on there so I know where to send it. Uh, but lovely, and thank you for the response so far. And of course... This is, this is exclusive to the Chelsea Fancast patrons. This is not going anywhere else. I kind of felt you do so much for us. This was the least that I could do. So there you go. But if you do want to become a Chelsea Fancast patron, help uh, cover the costs of running two shows a week, etc., 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 then easy to do. You can donate as much or as little as you want. It really is very simple. No pressure at all. Uh, just all helps, you know, all helps to add to the pot. Now, whatever you want to do, uh, and you can go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There you go. And it's a monthly payment, and it's like subscribing to it. A bit like paying for CFC UK, you know, but a little bit more than only a pound. No, I'm just joking. Anyway, um, the other thing I'd say about Patreon, of course, is that you can interact with us a little bit. If you want to get things read out on the show, it's a good place to shove it. If you just want to find out what I'm up to, just say hello. Whatever you want, really. I, I do check in regularly. Uh, we mentioned the Trust a minute ago with the big sleep out. Join the Trust, get your voice heard by the club. It's free to join up to be a member, but if you want to have a badge and you want to be able to vote and attend meetings, then it's five quid a year. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events, and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. And follow them on Twitter at ChelseaSTrust. And last, but by no means least, the good denizens of the Chelsea pitch owners get their... Well, we, we support them 100% uh, because they uh, basically protect the future of the club by making sure, because they own the freehold of Stamford Bridge, that football will always be played there. Uh, but in order to do so, they, they need to have shareholders. So you can buy a share 
in the freehold of the bridge through the Chelsea Pitch Owners. And you can do that by going to info at chelseapitchowners.com or to the website chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. The shares are around 40 quid or so. So there we go. Uh, more football coming up, but in the guise of emails. And we have loads to read out this week. So uh, in part three, we'll be doing just that. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. Uh, you are listening to me, Stamford Chidge, on this, the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, a joyous occasion tonight, having thumped Southampton 4-1 uh, yesterday. My hangover has disappeared into the ether as a result of the jolly chats I'm having with these lovely, lovely people who are, in no particular order, Mr. Dean Mears. <coughs> evening. Evening. Uh, Mr. Dan Silver. Good evening. And last, but by no means least, the delightful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, everybody. Lovely to be on the show. Yes, indeed. So, we've got emails now. We've got loads of emails this week. Some great questions coming in. Take it away, Jonathan. And this is from Luke Withers, and I'll do the same gag I did earlier, which is that uh, any relation to Bill Withers... A lovely day! No. Uh, anyway. <coughs> better the first um, time. Hi, hi Chidge. It was better the first time. Um, when uh, we recorded it earlier, we didn't, because we were on the mute button. Was but it wasn't really oh, better, because oh, nobody could hear you. No, I know, exactly. I know, but I'm just telling everybody that we did it before, but 
Chidge had the mute button on. Um, hi, Chidge, kiddo and the mystery guest. Not sure if I've beaten the deadline for you to see this before the show, but I've been listening for about a year now. By the way, the mystery guest is, in fact, now Dan and Dean. Um, I've been listening for about a year now and thought it was time I contributed. A recurring discussion point throughout the shows this season has been around the expectations or lack of that we have for this young Chelsea side. I think yourself, that's you, Chidge, Kido, it's me, and any guest that has appeared on the show have all largely been in agreement that as long as we can see improvement throughout the season, Frank stays in the job, we maintain a respectable league position, everybody would be happy. Up until recently, I completely agreed, but however much I try to convince myself this is still the case, there's no getting away from the fact that my opinion is definitely changing. Hmm. Whilst the season is still young and we don't quite know just how good these kids are going to be, as you've alluded to on a number of occasions on the show, not one of them has looked out of place. And the fact that the majority of Chelsea fans still appear to see the transfer ban as a blessing in disguise says it all. The recent England squad announcement is another indicator of just how much of an impact these young guys have had since the beginning of the season. Also, looking at some of the sides fielded this weekend by the other teams challenging for top four, I couldn't help but feel just a little bit smug. I may be biased, but some of these players, Lamella, Dyer and Davies, for those who we shall not name, Socrates, Kolasinic and Jacker for Arsenal and young Fred and and Dallow for United, to name but a few, would not even get into our squad. God, definitely not Fred. God, bloody hell. Never mind the starting lineup. Once Rudiger and Roftus Lufus cheek, I can't say it. I prefer the other one. What was it? What did you call him? Roftus Lucas. <laughs> I thought you called him Roftus Lufa Cheek or something. Yeah, it was. It was Roftus Lufa Cheek. Uh, I like our back. That. Roftus Lufa Cheek. <laughs> our back. I'll call him the Lufa. Our back. And Reese James inevitably starts to work his way past Dave in the pecking order. Oh, I'm not so sure about that, Lucas. Dave was excellent the weekend. Well, anyway, we could have a bench that looks something like Big Willie, Zuma, Dave, Kovacic, uh, Roftus Cheek, William Pulisic, Pedro, and Giroud, Batman. I'm not sure Giroud's going to get in again, actually. I can't help thinking that although fans of these other teams will probably never admit it, they would give their right arm to have a squad with as much strength in depth as that. Yes. Therefore, I'm now starting to think if we don't get top four this season, I'll feel a bit disappointed, to say the least. Oh, God, Luke, it's one extreme to the other. Winning a trophy is another matter altogether. So I'd still be happy with a top four finish, even if that means no silverware. Well, I won't. But I've yet to mention the biggest factor in all of this we are Chelsea. Yes, we win trophies. Yes, it's what we do. Yes. So who knows? Just wanted to get your view on this and whether or not you've seen your opinions change slightly since the first game of the season. Up the Chelsea, Luke Milton Keynes. Good email. Good email, Luke. Very good. Um, personally, I'm. I'm uh, yes, our opinions are evolving, aren't they? The more that they string runs together and the better the players start playing. But... Um, uh, you know, let's not go mad, but bloody hell, it's the, 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 one of the major things is the feel-good factor and the fact that these, these, the older players are playing better um, and, uh, and it seems to be working. So, 
you know, what, what is there not to like? Well, the defence for a start, as we keep saying, but bloody hell, you know, not only is, are we on we on Frank's side completely because of, because of him being the best player that we've ever had and the fact that he's, he's so brilliant at communicating and the fact that the youth have been given opportunity, but they're beginning to evolve. They're beginning to look really good. So, you know, yeah, I agree. Initially, we'd have given him the season, but um, now, uh, you know, if, if we can maintain this... Um, you know, the the the, uh, the, uh, the world is our oyster, as they mm. say. Dean, what do you reckon, old fruit? Yeah, I was never one of them to say that it's fine if we finish 16th. But, you know, I think we did need to finish within some sort of European football. But, yeah, you know, like the email says, I think, you know, we've got every chance of finishing in the top four at the moment, the way we're playing, and especially with those players to come back as well. So, you know, the confidence there right now, and we need to, you know, just keep going, I think, and... With the other teams imploding, then we've got a, a great chance. Yeah, definitely. Dan? Yeah, I think I echo what the chaps have said. Just progress week, week in, week out. And I think we've, we've set the bar very high, maintaining standards. I mean, Spurs are going Spursy. Arsenal were Arsenal. You know, you know, the, we've got to feel that Leicester might be a little dark horse for top four. But I think keep doing what we're doing. And if we do get the bad overturn, we can maybe bring in a player, possibly. I think, you know, it's exciting times. And top four mm. will be a, a fun... I think top four for Frank his first season will be phenomenal. I mean, that would be an unbelievable achievement. It'll be like winning the league, mate. It'll be like other content getting from 10th to 1st. Most, yeah. most incredible achievement. Plus, we've got it the European will. football to deal with as well. Yep. I mean, well, I, I, yeah, my opinion's changed massively since since the start of the season because I, I, I thought we'd probably finish around 10th. We may still... We, we may well still finish around 10th. We don't know. There's a long way to go. But... The way it's going at the moment, the way these youngsters have bedded in, the fact that we've got some experienced players who have bought into it and are playing well, the fact that we've got more coming in because there are those that are out injured at the moment, um, I I really do feel we can have a crack at finishing fourth. I think because I think it'll. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I went on the record. I reckon it'll be Liverpool, Man City, and Leicester third because I think Leicester are a decent side. Uh, but I don't see why we can't come fourth because I don't see who else really will. To be honest, I can't see West Ham or Palace sustaining their challenge. Uh, I think Arsenal will be a threat because they are nearly, you know, they're there or thereabouts. And I think Spurs are imploding and United are shit. So why not? Um, but you know what? If we don't finish fourth and we don't win anything, I'm not going to be downhearted because I've seen enough already. I've seen enough already to tell me that the future, if we keep on this track, is very, very, very bright for this club in a way that it hasn't, I mean, it's been brilliant for the last 15 years, don't get me wrong, but I think the future is very bright in a very different way for this club, and it's warming the cockles of an old man's heart. So there you go. Right, uh, on with the next email. This is from the lovely Phil Monday, who uh, has very generously uh, sponsored me for the um, big uh, Stamford Bridge sleepout, so thank you, for Phil. And, I, and Phil, of course, gave us the... Uh, the um you know the I saw uh, the alcohol I'm an alcoholic dar you dar who saw Alan May score yeah the, the hilarious T-shirt which you may or may not remember anyway he says and Dan you're being a phantom rustler I just thought I'd let Sorry, you know I it's all right yeah. I, it's your beard mate I'm sure your mic Mike is one of those that I'm, is in your ear isn't it I and it scratches on your beard I've got yeah, I, beard's gone. yeah yeah well it, it, it's just <laughs> rustling mate it's all I'm saying anyway Phil says hi Chidge great win today absolutely. Uh, I see Frank Lampard has, has today made a typically reasoned and sensible reply to a post-match question about offensive chance during the game from Dan Levine. Is there any chance of having Dan on the show again soon? It seems to me that the whole debate about racist and or perceived racism 
behaviour at Chelsea matches increasingly needs to be moved away from the moronic inferno of Twitter. Well, no argument with that. Dan's campaign is upsetting lots of knuckle-dragging Neanderthals, um, clinging to the terrorist values of the 70s and 80s, and that is absolutely fine. However, it also seems to fuel the prejudices of many rival fans and media foes like Matthew Said sometimes giving the impression that all Chelsea matches are akin to a mini Nuremberg rally, something which is palpably untrue. This seems to be upsetting many supporters who are fed up with decades of us being written off en bloc as racists. If the ends were to justify the means at the expense of wounded sensibilities, then all well and good. However, the fact that Dan Levine is now regularly targeted for abuse at games suggests that he is now the focal point for the whole campaign against racism at games all too easily depicted as weirdly obsessive attention-seeker at the expense of the valuable message that underpins all his recent activity, namely that racist behaviour at matches needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. He's taking a brave stance, but doing it through social media seems to be having a counterproductive effect. So more interventions from the club, especially a respected figure like Frank Lampard, are surely to be welcomed. Nonetheless, it would be good to have Dan Levine himself discuss the issue in a less toxic arena than Twitter or talk sport, ideally, with someone presenting a contrary position, not, of course, one defending bigotry, but perhaps suggesting a different tactical approach to helping remove the stain of racism that has blighted the club for many years. Thanks, as ever, for all the good work you do, Phil. Um, I, I can't disagree with any of that, Phil. That's a brilliantly uh, put uh, email for us on a very you know, thorny issue on all all sides at the moment. Um, I mean, my, look, my, my view on this, it, it, it's just nuts. I think, I think, personally, I think he's incredibly brave. Uh, some might say foolhardy, given the risk that he puts himself in to people who, uh, you know, take massive offence. But I have to say, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't agree with the way that he's doing it. I don't think this is the way to deal with this issue i think that the the club and the police uh, are the people that need to do it and i think stirring up a hornet's nest on social media has actually proved to be counterproductive and the reason i say that is because i know a lot of you know very you know tolerant relaxed individuals who you wouldn't really describe as knuckle draggers or racists are, are getting their knickers in a twist about it and you know you, you need to be taking people with you on this not not making it divisive and i think that's what's happened uh, just my personal view as i said i've got nothing against what dan's doing per se because i think you know you need to stamp this kind of stuff out but i'm not entirely sure that the way he's doing it is necessarily the best way dan it's interesting to hear the uh, the williams song has now become a vehicle for their anger. Yeah, but you see, this is the thing, Jonathan, this is my point. I mean, you and I, we've all known Chelsea supporters for a very, 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 very long time. And when I was the chairman of the trust, we were all very careful, you know, do not tell Chelsea supporters what they can and can't do. Because the minute you tell Chelsea fans what to do, they will do the fucking opposite. If If you're old enough, you remember when Chelsea fans were banned from going to matches. What happened? They went to matches. Exactly. You you know, and a lot of the other trusts that I've worked with over the last seven years, you know, it's the same for their supporters. You know, you, 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 as a trust, you can't be seen to be telling people what to do or how to behave. Ultimately, I think an amount of personal responsibility has to be taken here. Um, I, you know, none of us want any racism at the games at all. But I think, you know, the way that Dan's de- dealing with it, I, I personally think, because of what I've just said, knowing Chelsea fans as I do, I think it's counterproductive. And I think actually you run the risk of getting a lot of people who just wouldn't get involved at all, let alone sing anything naughty, are now singing things that are naughty because they see it as a challenge. Dan? 
Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the email was superb, superbly articulated and made a very good point. I mean, there's people on Twitter who've been, you know, raising points to Dan Levine, who I would never one million years think are racist or anything. And he can't come back with responses. I mean, you know, I, I admire what he's doing, but I think there needs to be another, another, you know, find another way of doing it. Because he's, he's getting bites all the time. And it's just... Uh, and it, what doesn't help is when the police come out and say, well done, Chelsea fans, two, 2,800 Southampton, no arrests. And that straight away fuels the, the fight against Dan Levine. Because the police are saying nothing's going wrong. Well, then what's Dan Levine going about? So there needs to be some maybe some sort of cross-party, as it were, kind of like group that gets together and says, right, how are we going to do this? You know, Met Police, Chelsea, Dan Levine, whoever else. My, you know, my worry about, about Dan's tweets is that he never expresses what the racism is. So lots of fans don't quite get it. They don't know that they shouldn't, you shouldn't be singing the, um, the, uh, the, the, the Tottenham Hotspur went to uh, Rome to see the Pope. You shouldn't be singing that one because that ends in, in the particular... Well, everybody knows we can't say the Y word. No, no, but I, yeah. I don't think he, he... For those not really up to it, uh, who don't get it on Twitter, he never says what the racism is. He never says that it's the it's the the gypsy word, and he never says that it's the uh, it's the Spurs word. He never says it. So consequently, he says more examples of racism today. And people then come back and say, "I don't know. I was there. I couldn't hear any." Because they don't. Some of them still don't get the fact that that word is not allowed. Because Dan is always very very. Uh, he just withdraws. He doesn't tell anybody. He should just completely say. We heard the both words again. Then we know where we are. And as, as you say, actually, uh, Chidja, they, uh, in the instant that Chelsea fans are told not to do anything, they'll do it. So the Williams song, which has always never had any, is just had, um, uh, uh, you know, the whole just references to Spurs, is now being taken over by an opportunity to use the Y word as much as possible because they're saying we're not paying any attention to what you're saying, Dan, because they think Dan has become this focal point for for um for ego and self-presentation and uh and, and he hasn't of course but he I've, as i said to him i think a year ago when we were discussing this on the program he has to be more specific he just has to keep going on the chant was sung again yes it was sung again i heard it and then somebody even played uh, um, it being sung from the leal game and uh, and you get some people saying you've invented this purely for your ego now those are people who are being mischievous for the hell of it or don't want are just are just trying to stop the you know to get their own way and themselves create something but dan has to be absolutely more specific and he doesn't he's always just talking vaguely about everything and and i, I think that is the major problem with with the whole situation um uh, and and it means that um more and more people are, are are getting annoyed with it he just has to say you can't say those words stop the chance you know, even Frank, when interviewed about it, said, yeah, they mustn't be singing those songs. No, come on, guys, let's mention the songs, because some people don't know what the songs are because they well, haven't I, got it. I, really, I, well, them haven't. I, I know that there's some conjecture about the the, the Frankie Lampard scoring 200 yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck me, we sang it on this show not that long ago. And I think, but this is this is part, I mean, you know, you get into an awful lot of semantics and an awful lot of whataboutism on this, which I abhor. But there, I think the, the point that Phil makes here, which is absolutely bang on, is that, you know, there's a, you know, 
you you live on this constant uh, changing timeline of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And I'm afraid, yeah, it wasn't nice in the 70s and 80s. And a lot of things that people could say and would say then are no longer acceptable. But people don't kind of a lot of people don't move along with that. So you end up with this whole tranche of people who can't understand why they can't sing things that they used to be able to sing. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, there is a lot of conjecture about the Y word as well, because Spurs sing it. Now, I don't think that they should be allowed to sing it either. I think it's offensive. I've got plenty of Jewish friends, you know, we've got one on the show tonight. And I, I would, be, I would, you know, I find it abhorrent that people would be deliberately offensive to people like my mate. So, you know, you get that. But the things change things are less acceptable than they were and, and people need to get with the program on that i do think and i'll stand by this is that i think you know putting it into the realms of personalities is just not the right way to deal with it i think that ultimately it's, it's the club and the authorities that have to you know do the acting on this um and i think you won't stamp it out until they do and the club of course the club do they ban people uh, and the police can prosecute people but i think if that that's the way to deal with it ultimately um so there you go i take your point by the way jack aranda's put a a lovely point in there i can't expect dan to do it all himself no you can't jack aranda but i don't think he should have he shouldn't have to do it at all i mean a fair play to him that he does but i don't think he's the right person and and she says i really don't believe people don't know their racism as actual racism i'm inclined to agree with you there i think you know once once it's pointed out people do know and i think they're singing it because they're seeing it as a gauntlet thrown down by dan dan yes yes, different different dan obviously I was going to say, I think once is ignorance, twice is stupidity. Yeah. You know, you say it once, if someone tells you something, don't do it. I mean, it's, it, it is a minority, but as Dan Levine says, it's, too, it's, it's a minority too many. But they, they, listen, and somebody's, something, you know, it's very hard for the club to do anything because CCTV, you know, it's difficult to track people down. I mean, after the Marassa Leicester game last year, there's going to be a whole thing about it. Nothing really happened. I don't think anyone got banned on the back of that, did they? Despite the club saying oh. they were going to take strong action. Well, they should do. Yeah. But I suppose it's hard, isn't it? And this is the trouble. When you've got lots and lots and lots of people singing it, it's it's really hard to, you know, what do you do? You know, yeah. how do you prove who out of the 3,000 people were singing it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe the CCTV is good enough. Jack Aranda, just to follow up on what you're saying, Dan's changed, why haven't you? I mean, you're kind of inferring that, that I haven't changed, that I still sing it. I don't. You know, why have why haven't the fans why haven't the fans clinging to tradition? I don't know why they haven't. I said maybe it's willfulness, maybe it's ignorance. As I said, there could be a lot of reasons for it, but it's wrong, and they shouldn't do it. I mean, it's we've been it's been made absolutely clear that you you shouldn't use the p word, and as Oliver Reed says, you can't defend that. He's right. So it's that's that. And I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. I did sing these words years ago, and I don't anymore because, as I said, things change. Things become less acceptable when you realise that and you educate yourself. You stop singing it. So there you go. And I do agree with your last and final point, but we ought to move on. Dean, I, I've left you out of this, and I, I feel terrible for that. Do you have anything to say? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a bit of a thorny issue at the moment. And I've just, oh, is it ever? agree with what you say. It needs to go through the right channels, as it did with the, with the Y word and how the club you know, dealt with that themselves and the fans followed on from them. Mm. All right. Well, well done, Phil. Uh, I think you know, as you, uh, as we said, you raised some very eloquent and correct points in there. Uh, I think we'll move on because we could get mired in this one forever. But uh, well, good points, Phil, and thank you for raising them. J.K. This is from uh, Ben Short. It's email number three. Dear Chidge and Jonathan, hope you're well, gents. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm very well. Chidge appears to be well. Actually, Chidge has got better. Um, 
Uh, allow me to start off by apologising for not being in touch for the last couple of weeks. Work in Southampton docks has, be, has been and still is manic with cargo ship after cargo ship coming in because of Brexit. Oh dear. Good news, I'm getting to the bridge in the next month. Also, it will be either the United game on the 30th and the League Cup or the game against Palace on the 11th of November. I'll let you know closer to the time. Be great to meet you all. Have a pre-match ale. I wanted to talk about the potential transfer ban lift in January and why I think it would be counterproductive and detrimental to the squad to have the ban lifted. What we're trying to achieve this season is establish a route for the youth academy to the first team and also establish a core from this crop of young English players. Now, my evidence for this is, look at who we signed last in January. Higuain. I mean, we signed a 30-plus overweight striker. Come on, we're Chelsea Football Club. We're better than that. Higuain was meant to provide much-needed goals for us last season. And as Jonathan said a lot last season, and I agree with him, he was a bitter disappointment. Thank you very much, Ben. He was shite. My fear is we will just buy players to fill gaps in the squad. I use the term panic buy. It honestly frightens me the club will panic and buy players just because they can, and undo all the work Frank and Jody have done. My view is we stick it out, use the players we have, and the young ones will be even better next season with a full Premier League season under their belt. Frank will have a full summer and pre-season to buy and work with the players. Chelsea Football Club, if you are listening, please don't panic buy. I've mentioned previously Liverpool didn't sign anyone in the summer because Klopp did not believe a new signing would be good for the squad. I believe this approach is better for a club in the long run. It's just a shame the Scousers are getting it right. And now eight points clear. God help us. Another thing I wanted to mention was Christian Pulisic. He's clearly a talented, skillful player and people can sometimes overanalyze. This is the season of patience. So let's be patient with the young, talented player. He will play this season, I have no doubt. On to our away game to Lille and what a result. Rhys James made his Champions League debut, just like Tammy Mason, Fakeo and Callum, and not one of them looked out of their depth. Tammy is maturing as a striker, learning where to be and when. One thing I'm noticing about Tamori is he doesn't wait for the attacker to come to him. He attacks the attacker and is strong on the ball. You've got to love a good old-fashioned centre-half. Callum was too strong for Lille's fullback, shrugged him off, made the cross for Williams' goal. I'm going to be honest... I'm still not convinced by Kepper, although he played well against Lille and made some great saves. He did make some errors, though, and a dangerous pass or two. But in fairness to him, he did fix his mistake. But there's an element of smoke hands about him, and I'm not sure if he's tall enough. I do like Kepper, but I believe time will tell if he's worth £71 million. I'm getting increasingly frustrated by the team's inability to defend against set pieces. Yes, like all of us. During open play... We're actually good at defending and getting better. But every time we concede a corner or a free kick, I cringe. I saw the Lille goal coming from a mile. I don't like zonal defending. It's been mentioned that we play zonal defending because the team isn't tall enough to man mark. But zonal clearly isn't working. As I mentioned earlier, who doesn't like good old fashioned defending? Let's just try man marking. So now comes to my trip to St Mary's Stadium. My friend is a Saints fan, has a season ticket. So I joined him for the day and sat with the home fans. Oh, still wore my Chelsea shirt although under my jacket. Phew, but became increasingly confident, took my jacket off, Ah, mainly because it was hot. Of course, I got a bit of stick and banter, but largely the Saints fans were nice enough. And what else would you expect wearing an away shirt in the home end? 
Thankfully, my friend did not mention that I live eastbound down the M27 in Porchester, just outside Portsmouth. No, thank goodness for that. On to the game itself then. Another great performance. One thing that is clear to me is that the players are hungry. They're playing for the shirt. Even though we've been successful over the years, the players are still so ambitious. Tammy now with eight goals in the Premier League, and what a goal it was. Lobbed Angus Gunn. Such composure from Tammy. Mount showed class and skill by not rushing and taking his time. Control in the box took his shot. Kante with a shot outside the box. What can I say? Our world-class player. Bashwai off the mark for the season. I spoke about Pulisic earlier. He came on and got an assist. The future is clearly bright. Let's ride this wave of joy, happiness, enthusiasm and keep positive. I love you, Chelsea. Gents, I feel this email has been a long one, but a good one, though, Ben. I will definitely let, let you know when I finally get up to the bridge this season. As always, guys, love what you do. Thank you for everything. Ever faithful, Ben. Oh, Ben, sweet. Oh, oh fill it up here. Oh, um, great stuff. Great stuff. Very good assessment of the game. Good assessment of the way it's going at the moment. So, uh, well done. Well done. Good stuff. Great email, that. And, uh, you know, ben, Ben's local, clearly. So, uh, you know, yeah, shame I didn't see him for a pint down in Southampton. And there's always next year. Uh, right, OK. This is from Matthew DiFronzo. Uh who says outstanding performance from William he commands respect and looks like a man amongst boys out there and I don't mean to say that the boys aren't alright because we know they certainly are big heart big heart and I don't quite know what that emoji means but it's got two hands up in the air Celebrating, oh, itself. Thank you. See, Dan is the emoji king. He would know that. So there you go. Short but sweet. Thank you, Matthew. Next one, Jonathan. Email of the week. Email five. Barrett Rouen, or is it Ballet Rouen? Barry, Barry Ruin. Uh, hi, Chidge and Co. I just wanted to stick my head in again to say hello and thank you for everything you guys do. Pleasure. I think as football becomes an ever larger and more important global sport, podcasts and things like the show keep us together and the blue flag flying high, if you will. So thank you dearly. It's a great service you lot do for all of us. I meant to write in more last season, but in the end, life under sorry ended up being such a sadistic chore. It seemed ridiculous to go on with it. Thankfully, it does appear to be changing under Super Frank. It's what I wanted to get to and have been stewing on the past couple of weeks as I've listened to the pod. Though Frank isn't a particularly experienced manager, it shouldn't be a surprise he's as good as he is. If we're betting on one thing, it's his ability to learn and to improve in the role, very much in the same way that we're expecting many of the youth players to do the same. The important thing to remember is that in a manager like any human being, Frank has some truly fantastic characteristics to bet on. He's intelligent, has a strong work ethic and a remarkable reserve of character to call upon. Are there really any three more important things to call upon when judging a person? I think not. Frank has all in spades. I feel just as lucky to have him as manager as I did to have him in midfield for all those years. Very good point, Barrett. There was also a bit a few weeks ago about forgotten legends in the Chelsea sides of yore. I'd suggest Ricardo Carvalho for that. Often we talk about the excellence of John Terry in Chelsea's defence, but it was Carvalho who carried just as much weight early on. It was Carvalho who helped mentor Terry and turn him into the most complete defender in the league. Without the Portuguese Rolls-Royce, we would not have seen such maturity, passing and reading of the game added to Terry's game. And that much is forgotten quite frequently. Yes, he was a wonderful player, Barrett. 
um, Cavalio, I agree completely. Um, there will perhaps never be a better centre-back partnership in football, let alone the Premier League. Anyways, I won't waffle on any longer, but we'll write in more often in future. Please forgive my bit of self-promotion, but to all the listeners, please read my Tactics and Transfers column on the Pride of London regarding Chelsea every Monday, if you'd like. Thank you all very much for what you do. And up the Chelsea. And there we go. Uh, yeah, check um, check um, Barrett's uh, brilliant. Uh, yeah, I have actually. It's good. It's well worth reading on the Pride of London. It's good, good, uh, good stuff that goes on there. Right. Uh, email number six and the last of this week. Week. I kind of say that with a, you know, a, a bit of a, uh, you know, kind of just lamentable feeling in my heart, really. But there you go. Anyway, it's from Greg Droney. Our mate Greg Droney, a regular emailer. He says, hi, Chidge and JK. Yes, I know I said I would give you a break from my inane emails. They're not at all inane. But you both got me so enthusiastic and passionate that I thought I can't help myself. A quick one. When Emerson comes back from injury, what are your thoughts on moving Marcus Alonso to midfield? Attacking with speed and a pretty big tank, I would play him instead of Ross Barkley. Thanks again. Yours in football, Greg Droney. Um, Very quickly, um, well, I think actually that the system that... uh, that uh, Frank, I can't remember who he played against now, but in, in a sense he played Alonso as a wing back. So I suppose technically that's in midfield. I don't think I'd have him, you know, in the kind of I wouldn't have him kind of replacing Barkley in that kind of position. But that's just me, Dean. What do you reckon? Uh, I wouldn't have Emerson back to be honest. I prefer Alonso. Well, yeah, but would you put Alonso in midfield? I mean, I kind of inclined to agree with you on that point, by the way. But would you move him into midfield instead of Ross Barkley, for example? Uh, well, I wouldn't because I'd rather have, say, Kovacic or you know, Mount there instead of Barkley rather than Alonso. Mm. All right. Dan? Oh, sorry, the question cut out was the question, sorry. I've lost the last um, five, five, ten seconds of it. Oh, OK. The question was, uh, what are your th- when Emerson comes back from injury, what are your thoughts on moving Marcus Alonso to midfield, attacking with speed and a pretty big tank? I would play him instead of Ross Barkley. Dean, Dean says that he thinks that Alonso's better than Emerson, so that's, it's, a, it's, it's moot. But what do you think? Um, I, th- I think the point is, as Frank says, is who, who does best in training. To be honest, if, if Alonso continues to play well in matches and does well in training, then I think he'll keep his place. Um, mm. I don't think he's, he's good enough to play more of an advanced midfield role. Um, I think you've got too many players. You've got Mount, Pulisic, William, players like that. He can't play centrally. So I think I think it'll be, you know, he's just got to keep his game up because he knows Emerson's bringing down his neck when Emerson's fit. So it's up to Alonso to keep the place to himself. Yeah, good point. I wouldn't have him midf- in midfield. I don't think that's where he plays. Jonathan? Well, I don't think Ross is going to get in again anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, so, there is uh, that. It's a bit... Uh... <laughs> It's a bit moot suggesting he'd play instead. But I think he's come back in and been fantastic, Alonso. And um, even defensively, I've been taken aback. He's been running back like a a madman. And um, other than all of them missing uh, um, the the fullback, the Southampton fullback, which was just bizarre. But um, no, and there are too many midfield players at the moment. I agree with with both Dan and Dean, actually. I think they've made made good points. And as I say, I don't... You know, I think I think the person who, in fact, is going to miss out on all of this is Barkley, who, uh, um, you know, I mean, I, I think he's he's spending the weekend in Liverpool and dropping chips all over a taxi, and then having to be escorted to the to the hole in the wall to get the to pay the taxi driver is slightly indicative of some um, internal 
problem that he's having at the moment. I don't think he I think he appreciates that he's got to step up. But, you know, this is a perfect environment for, for players to step up because the competition is is excellent. And if Frank is as and that was perfectly stated before in um, um, in uh, Barrett's um, uh, email about the uh, that Frank was such a trier and such an improver that he wants that in his players himself, and he wants that in training. And if um, you know if we're going to see if if Ross is away in Liverpool getting drunk, uh, I, I don't really think that that's what Frank is after. And, and I, I think he needs to sit him down and say. Come on, mate. Let's have a go at getting back in the side here, because you're a well. I'm, I'm not convinced. I think, as we've said on the Love Sport, I think it, he may be on his bike by January. So um, unless he unless he steps up, yeah, I think that's a good point actually. About um, I mean, Barrett. That's that's what was the email of the week. It's a brilliant point. You know, the way Frank played the game and he worked harder than everybody else, perhaps didn't, wasn't the most naturally gifted player in the side, but he made himself the best player through sheer hard work. And, you know, if you're that kind of a guy and you see somebody who's got so much inherent talent and you, you see them pissing it away, I don't think you're going to be their best mate. Right. Thanks for all the emails this week. We love getting emails from you, as you know, and we'll always do our best to read them out, no matter how long they are. But that's not a challenge. Don't send a four-pager in. I might have to draw the line at that. Uh, but if you do want to email us, then send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com. Try and get it into us by Monday morning at the absolute latest. Otherwise, it might not make the cut. Uh, and Dino, who is in with us tonight, came up with a great idea uh, that the emails are so good, we should publish them on the website. And I agree with this, although I've done absolutely diddly squat about it have an idea i must do better uh but uh I, I, because i think we need your permission to do that so if you basically we will publish them unless you say to us specifically in the email that you don't want us to publish it so eventually i will send them all to dean and he will put them on the website so there you go right part four last part coming up quick look back at wednesday night's champions league match against Lille, where i think chelsea youngsters came of age Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. You're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, the last part uh, tonight. There we go. And. Uh, uh, I, you know, I wasn't there. Uh, I had a few, well, a lot of mates who were out there in Lille enjoying the Belgian beer. Um, but it was a cracking night. It had its moments. But basically, I felt on the basis that I thought that they wobbled a bit when Lille scored. The whole atmosphere in the stadium changed completely and they looked shaky. But they battled through it and they did what you have to do in the Champions League. Sometimes you've got to tough it out a bit, soak up the pressure, you know, just fight it out and then mug them off with a goal. And that's exactly what we did. I thought it was a proper, proper, proper grown-up Champions League win. Irrespective of the fact that Lille might be the poorest side in the group, there are no easy games in Europe. So I think in that context, I think that, that the youngsters particularly kind of came, up, came of age on Wednesday, Dan. Yeah, 100%. I think it's one of those classic winning uglies. I think we, we played well. It was quite a intimidating atmosphere, but all accounts. It was just... It was... A hard fought away win, albeit they aren't a great team. But you know, it's, it's, it's another you know important learning curve for the guys. I thought Tomori was generally really good. Um, it was just, oh, 
You're losing superlatives for this team. You know, we, had, we, had, we had to get a win because the pressure was on. You can't lose your first two Champions League games and that extra pressure was on. But, but got a great victory. What, what, what can you say? Mm, indeed. Um, Dean, Tammy was on target again. Uh, great, A great finish, actually. I thought it was a superb goal. Uh, 22 minutes on his 22nd birthday. And apparently it's Chelsea's first... Uh, Goal assisted by Ficayo Tamori. First Champions League goal scored and assisted by two English players since March 2012 when Frank Lampard set up John Terry against Napoli. Now, Dean, we've been going to town on, on, on how wonderful uh, Sammy Abraham is, but it was important that he, that he notched up not just a, a Champions League goal, but a good Champions League goal. Yeah, I think, obviously, with it being a huge learning curve for all the players this year, the more that they achieve things like scoring that first goal and you know breaking that duck is just going to help us going forward you know, the pressure was huge against Lille because we lost at home to Valencia and we, we didn't want to go out at the group stage and we have to win these two games against Lille to put ourselves back in contention to get through and you know, the players stood up and they delivered you know, they had that moment in the game where Lille equalised and we were a bit shaky but they managed to, to find the strength within them to, to hold on and then come back into the game Mm, excellent stuff. Uh, of course, uh, I, I mean, this is something we didn't really touch on enough on Friday, Jonathan, when we talked a little bit about this. But uh, Hudson Odoi came on, uh, and you know, it was his assist, brilliant assist as well. Actually, the way he shrugged that that uh, Leo player off the ball, and then got a beautiful crossing for William, who put it away beautifully with his, with his volley on on his three hundredth appearance as well. Of course, um, but there's something about. Uh, Hudson Odoi that's special I think he's a game changer and he changed the game yes he did completely uh, I, I think I think he scares fullbacks actually which is a, a terrific ability to have and that poor bloke got uh, so scared he got shoved out of the way didn't he um, the fullback before the great cross and then Williams uh, um, into the ground volley which uh, was unstoppable but um, I'm never convinced that those are are exactly what the player means. I think he gets his shape right and volleys it, hoping it'll go towards the goal. And occasionally he gets so over the ball that it goes into the ground and it just keeps going. But um, uh, wonderful skill to hit the ball correctly, even if he didn't actually volley it straight in, it hit the ground. But um, uh, no, I, th- I think um, I think Adoy is, uh, uh, he's gone up in my estimation, I have to say, because I felt last year that we embraced him too much as a kind of, anti-Sari symbol um, and uh, and I felt Sari was, was in a sense forced to play him uh, until his injury obviously um, but uh, uh, this year he's part of the process and um, uh, uh, his, uh, his ability to run with the ball and pick people out with passes and crosses and I think Frank is excellent I think Frank needs to get him to, to beat people more because uh, against Grimsby, remember he came on and he hung about a bit, and it was only in the second half after Frank had a go at go at him and said, you know, look, you can beat anybody, so just go for it, and he did it. And uh, so I, I think he's a. Uh, um, I know he's playing for the under twenty ones, but I think he'll be he'll be playing for England this this year, and, and then we'll have the situation of possibly having five players in the uh, four players initially in the um, uh, in the English squad. But um, but no, I, you you heard me on Friday about it. I was. I was dismayed by some of our, our defensive frailties in that game. 
And, uh, do, you know, and I, do you know what, JK? Uh, I, I thought that that was the worst example of how zonal marking just isn't working for us yeah. that I've seen this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the business of fanning about in the penalty area where Kepper twice had to save us, once because Tamori sold him short and once because he himself kicked the ball away badly. And in both instances, we were lucky that the referee wasn't a complete idiot because, you know, they, they did the thing, Leal, of... Um, of falling over and holding their legs as if they, you know, both legs had been broken by the goalkeeper just diving for the ball, and the referee really got it sus, the um, the Bulgarian guy. Um, but uh, despite missing most of the time when they they did the foreign thing of just every challenge of just lying in the middle of the pitch, which surely somebody has to do something about from a, a law point of view, from referees just stopping players from clearly attempting to. Um, to change the energy of the attack or just just they're faking it so often but you know i don't know how you you establish that they they are faking it, it seems to be much more of a of a, a tactic from teams who aren't playing as well they want to disrupt you from playing well i just think it's something that we're going to experience a lot over the next few years well, we, this, we used uh, to be past masters at it under Mourinho. indeed indeed it's a it, but it's it's an, i don't see any of that happening under frank do you it's not a uh, well Perhaps we might if, uh, yes. if we get. I just don't see him at the moment because he's so used to them um, attacking all the time, you know, which is which is wonderful. But it just means they've got to get the balance. I mean, I think they were better in the Southampton game um, at defending than they were uh, in the Lille game because, it, it, as you said, Chidge, there was a period where we were really under the cosh, and uh, and, and once again I thought they'd score, but then we we. Um, well, they battled through it. I, I think that's what you know, I mean, that, that's that. they did. They did battle. But that's through what it. impressed me most, actually. Yeah. And I think yeah. you know the interesting thing going back. It's funny, isn't it, how things come full circle? This is exactly what we were saying at the beginning of the show. I think that's where the older, more experienced players, you know, earn their corn. You know, because they've been there, they've seen it, they've done it before. The youngsters might not have been, and and we did wilt. We did. I wouldn't. I, I said panic on Friday, which was a bit over dramatic, but they definitely wobbled. But you need your senior players to, to step up to the mark when that happens. And I think they did. And I, I was so impressed with that. I, I, I really was. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I know, yeah. The other thing that really impressed me, Dean, was um, you know the fact that we changed formation in the game. And I, I thought the tactical flexibility and the in-game management that, that the management, you know, the coaching staff showed was also good to see. And I think in a sense... They kind of grew up and came of age in, in European competition with that. I mean, you know, I agree. It wasn't perfect, you know, but it was good progression, proper European away performance. And, and I really like that tactical flexibility going 3-4-3 three, three to 4-3-3. Three, three. Just what was needed. Yeah, it's one of our biggest strengths, I feel, this season that we can, you know, in moments of games, signal to players that we need to change things up a little bit and go from one formation to another. And the players, we've got the players that can do that and they all know the jobs they need to do and even with the 4-2-3-1 that we started with yesterday that easily becomes 4-3-3 with Mount dropping in you can drop the wingers back as well it just needs one call from, from Frank and it's done and one of our key problems last year was that we played the same way no matter what the opposition did and, and now we're doing you know, two three different things in a game and the more the players go train well and understand what's being asked and the better we're going to be I think yeah, definitely is. So, anyway, bottom line is we've now won seven of our last 12 away group games in the Champions League, although I think these comparisons are pointless. They really are, particularly this season. Uh, you know, 
it really is. But uh, I think what's more important is I think you know the confidence they'll get from that is, is huge. But particularly as we've got Ajax coming up home and away next, um, that I feel will go some way, Dan, of determining how far we go, or certainly into the uh, you know the knockout stages. Do you think? Yeah, they'll be they'll be defining matches because they're very very good side I and mean, they've lost three or four key players but it seems to seamlessly replace them with equally talented players and they were they were a minute away from the final last year so that will be a real tough tough game for us I think you know it's they're attacking and they, if we never if we're careless they're going to tear us apart so we need to be really you know really on our A game if we get if we get maybe uh, two points maybe two draws then I think we'll we'll progress the next round what do you expect us to ha- what do you think will happen against uh uh, against Ajax, I think we'll probably get beaten away. I think yeah. they're, they're a long way ahead of us. And I think potentially we get a draw at home. I just think they are a very good side, and they, you know, yeah. they they play some really good football. Um, yeah. So it's, it'll be oh, listen, it's another challenge. But you know, having said that, I didn't think we'd stand up to Liverpool twice, which we've done. So who knows? You know, Liverpool yeah. are going to be the best side in the country at the moment. So I wash my mouth up with soap. But you know. It's Chelsea. He knows. It's, it's what three games away, isn't it? He knows what happened. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Jonathan, what say you about Ajax? I don't know. I, I don't think they're as good as uh, as as people say they are. And um, I think we'll uh, we'll draw away uh, and we'll beat them at home. I think, so I think we're beginning to get better and better. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've suddenly become unbelievably optimistic, haven't I, Chidge? Having been Mr. Mr. Misery on Friday, but uh, I, I just I'm beginning to see something with this lot, and I, I'm, um, you know, I'm speaking from my years and years of watching them. You just think, oh well, they're, they're getting on a roll here, and I think this is um, it's joyous as, as the emails have been suggesting, and uh, um, and I, I I don't think Ajax, I think Ajax have been affected by those players that they've lost. Um, I know that. Um, the ex-Southampton player, what's his name? To um, Tadic. Tadic. is a revelation, but I, I'm, I, I think we'll 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 attack them, and they'll find it difficult to deal with us, mm-hmm. as most teams do at the moment. So um, it's just a question of cementing the defence. But no, I'm I'm uh, I think we'll do okay. I think we'll get out of this group. I think we'll finish second, but I think we'll get out of it. Okay, Dean. Final word to you, my friend. Yeah, I think they're like JK said, I don't think Ajax are as good as people make out and you know, we're on such a upwards trajectory at the moment that, you know, I think we've got a great chance of of even topping the group. Mm, there we go. God all so optimistic. It's a lovely way to finish the show. Oh, I'm buoyed, that's for sure. I hope you lot out there are too. I'm afraid that is the uh that is all we've got time for this week, but we will be back next Monday. It's international break, but we're not having the week off. Oh no, 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 no. We'll be back at the usual time, and uh, I'll be joined by Jonathan Kidd, Alex, the girl who likes balls, Churchill, and our old friend Liam Toomey, who now writes for The Athletic, uh, having moved there from ESPN. Uh, we'll, al- we'll also have an interview. We've got an interview with uh, my mate Andy Scott, who's a lovely guy who's just released a book uh, featuring his father, Tales from a Page, about his dad. He used to be a page at the Dorchester Hotel and a real London lad. Uh, so, so, And Andy is, by the way, a massive Chelsea fan. He talks a lot about his... Uh, days following Chelsea in the 70s so that's one not to miss uh, and I do feel if there's bugger all to talk about that we may well be doing another Q&A so either you know email us some questions or tweet me some questions next Monday or come into Mixler like so many of you do and we'll do a bit of a Q&A with you lot 
and uh, and oh, I can't wait. It'd be great. Well, if Liam's in the house, it's a good good uh, good opportunity to ask him questions. He he knows what's going on. So there you go. Um, in the meantime, don't forget to tune into Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between seven o'clock and eight o'clock this Friday. Uh, Clayton Beerman and myself are in the hot seat this week, and uh, we'll be discussing all things Chelsea, of course. And we'll be joined by special guest Kerry Dixon. The one and only Kerry Dixon is in the house on Love Sport on Friday. So phone in, join in the show, debate with us live. The number to call is 0208 70 You can also WhatsApp that number, by the way. Um, and uh, Love Sport, of course, is now a national radio station and it's broadcast on the uh, digital channels. Uh, and you can also listen to it uh, through Radio Player TuneIn and lovesportradio.com. And it's available everywhere in the world. Uh, now, the show uh, like this one is available as a podcast shortly afterwards, as are all of our shows. And they're all on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as all the other podcast distributors. And you can follow the show on Twitter at ChelseaFanCast, me at Stanford Chidge. Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at Dan Silves 73, Dean Mears at Dean Mears, and of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Uh, loads of stuff going up there every week. Uh, many thanks to the bloggers and the regular content that, that they do. You can follow them on Twitter at Nick Stroudley, Jonathan Ellis at Clitheroe Blue, Dean, as we've said, at Dean Mears, Alex at CFCGWLB, and all the other Chelsea fancast regulars can be found at Gate17, Marco at Goalie59, at Joe Tweedy, at Grocer Jack UK. Uh, at Liam underscore Toomey and at OJ Harbord. About time Ollie came on the show, actually. Otherwise, I have to remove him from the Twitter shout-outs. Anyway, uh, you lot have been brilliant as ever. Dean, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure having you on the show, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us back on. Enjoyed it. Now nah, we'll see you soon, mate. Look forward to it. Um, and I'll, I'll next time I see you, I'll bring the flag, the banner even. All right? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Good man. Danny boy, lovely to have you on here. I'm, I'm a bit, we nearly missed you out because I don't know how to read a schedule properly. I'm so glad you reminded me yeah. of that fact. Yes, I know. Yeah. Very remiss of me. That's right. Great to have you on, mate. Yeah, it's good to be on. I really enjoy it. Yeah, catch up for a beer soon, mate, yeah, I hope. Look forward to seeing you, yeah. Mr. Kidd, as always, you've been a delight and an education. Lovely to be on the show with uh, with uh, such bright guests So um, and on the board. And we, we should mention Dean's book, shouldn't we? Oh, we did. We, Dean, mention your book. I How remiss of me to forget that. Yeah, cult fiction still available from the store on Amazon. Is that it? Well, the, book, the book speaks for itself. You have to buy it to find out. Okay, cult, cult fiction by Dean Mears. And it's also, not only is it available on Amazon, it's also available at the CFC UK stall. So how much is it, Dean? Tenner? Uh, it's seven forty nine on Amazon and a fiver from the stall. So it's a, there we go, a fiver from the stall. Brilliant. It's well worth a read. It's a cracking book. Dean's first book, and he writes even better in the book than he does on the website, and that's saying something. So there you go. Jonathan, brilliant having you on the show as ever. I will catch up with you next Monday, and we will have some fun. Yes, indeed. All right. Love to be on the show as always. Well done, everyone. Lovely. Good stuff. Well done. And you lot in Mixler, as always, you've been legends. Some brilliant stuff from you lot uh, tonight. Enjoy reading your comments, as I always do. Uh, Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. 
Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 